Hey guys, welcome back to the Mets Legends cast. I'm Rob Pearsall, starring, of course, as Darren Oliver. <laughs> and uh, I'm joined by <laughs> and I am joined by my trusty co-host, Mike Jennings, starring as Rafael Santana. Nice. Uh, Rafael, Rafael, how's it going? How's it feel to be a former world champ? On the '86 team, you know, I'm probably one of the like the least known of that yeah. team. Um, but played played a lot of games, you know. <laughs> played a lot of games. That's, that's just it. that's the message I want to get out is that I played a lot of games for the '86 Mets. Isn't it? Uh, isn't it kind of funny with Rafael Santana that like I feel like you never see him, you never hear mm-hmm. about him. Mm-mm. Like no one ever really talks about him. Even in, did you see the uh, did you see the uh, eighty six World Series documentary? I have not yet. I, uh, Once I, upon a time in Queens. Yeah, I have not. I definitely need to. Oh, uh, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Definitely a lot of Lenny Dykstra interviews. So that's like whatever. But overall, definitely a really good documentary. Um, but like they probably talked about Rafael Santana like once in that <laughs> entire documentary. Um, what happened? Like, what, what, what's he doing? I don't know. I mean, I, I just did like a quick Google search. It doesn't say, it just says he's a former major league baseball player. Oh, he's okay. He currently serves as the Dominican Republic scouting and player development supervisor for the white Sox. So he's just, he's just back in the Dominican Republic. Good, good for him. Yeah. Which is good. good. That's great. For him. That's a cool job. Yeah. Yeah. That's an Shout awesome. outs to Rafael Santana. For real. Yeah. yeah he, he deserves more credit, even though he really didn't do much with the bat. Um, really hardly ever. I feel like he was maybe one of those like defense forward shortstops, kind of like Ray Ardonez. Um, I feel like that was most shortstops on the day of recording. So happy birthday to Ray. Always happy yeah. birthday to Ray. That was before you had. That was like before you had guys like A Rod come up that kind of changed the way that shortstops batted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, a Francisco Lindor like would not have really existed in the eighties. Um, you know, he might have been maybe a third baseman, but shortstops yeah. did not hit like that then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Rafael Santana. Hope hope he's doing well. So we have a fun episode for you guys today. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think Mike would agree. We're going to do something a little different. So recently uh, I was reading about, I actually, so how it worked was I had someone tell me about how my hometown had a professional baseball team in the nineties. And I had no idea that that was a thing. And I, I always knew that there was talk about my town getting a a professional team like that was something that i remember growing up and it was rumored um so i thought that's what they were talking about Mm -hmm. so i looked it up and no like in the 90s for one season in 1995 the year that we were both born yonkers had a professional team called the yonkers hoot owls and of course obviously yonkers is my hometown um and they were really bad uh (laughs) And it's really funny. It's a very, it's a really funny story. Uh, so Anthony, I'm really sorry if I botched the way that this is pronounced. Anthony Castrovince. I don't know if it's Castrovince or 
Castro Vinci. I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry for botching it if I did. Uh, he's an MLB.com writer, mm-hmm. and he wrote this article, I think sometime last year, about the Yonkers Hoot Owls and how they were like one of the worst teams ever. Um, but apparently the guys on the team like absolutely loved playing for the Yonkers Hoot Owls. Like <laughs> the, the conditions were shit. The conditions were were absolute shit. So for a little point of reference, the name of their field is Fleming Field. And I played on that field in Little League. Frank Fleming Field? <laughs> Frank the Tank Stadium. <laughs> uh Fucking Paul Seawald did this. It's just just fucking Paul Seawald on the left field wall. <laughs> fucking Paul Seawald Stadium. Uh, oh God. Uh, so Swimming Field, and so I played there in Little League, and I know there's some areas of of the United States, Canada, probably that have really nice fields uh for teams uh yonkers of course was not one of those places so uh not that we had terrible fields but they certainly were not state-of-the-art so think about your typical little league field no grass on the infield just like a like dirt infield um (laughs) and so yeah just like like something you would never see in professional baseball uh you know obviously in in like certain pockets of like Asian baseball they do have some like all dirt infields obviously they actually take care of it though uh since the Yonkers Hoot Owls were kind of built on the fly they did not have the means to take infield properly so there's a lot of like clumps and dirts and rough hops and stuff like that but that's that's spectacular funny part is Dude, it's just like is this whole makeshift thing, and because it was called the Northeast League, and there were you know maybe like a dozen and a half teams, uh, and they were all based in New York. So there was like there was right. the Yonkers Hoot Owls, Albany had a team, uh, Sullivan County, which was like the Catskill area, had a team, Newburgh had a team, and so it was like this summer baseball league and the goal was it for it to be kind of like class a like like lower minor league type quality Mm -hmm. um and the reason i thought it was i thought like the reason it was pertinent to talk about it on the podcast is that lee mazzilli was actually the league commissioner of of the northeast league so there is a little bit of a connection there yeah god he was so handsome back in the day he's still handsome but he was he was so handsome back in the day oh yeah um and it was just like poetic justice that he rejoined the 86 Mets and was able to get that ring in 86. hundred percent. He was, he was like their best player in his first stint. But yeah, when you, he was. when you look at, uh, when you do just like a, a Google search of the Yonkers Hoot Owls, if anybody can like find any sort of stats other than their overall record, um, please link me that because I've been Googling for a while now and I can't find <laughs> even baseball reference doesn't have anything no they, i mean they just have like a team history they have a year let's see but when you click on the year it's literally just like 1995 and it's is like a, an ambiguation of everything from 1995 
So the funny thing that you mentioned is that I don't even know if the stats were really kept like track of well because right so the funny the funny part is about this stadium since it was like like i said i played little league there it's not designed to be a professional ballpark like there is like around the infield they have like cement bleacher type seating situations Uh that could maybe fit a thousand people but the parking is so tricky in that area that they literally had to shuttle people in. Like you had to park really no far way. away and they had to shuttle people in. So the games averaged like maybe a hundred to 200 people at most. So the closest um, I found to actually finding any stats, it's called statscrew.com. Ah, never heard of it before today, no. <laughs> but it does have attendance numbers and it says, it could seat 5,216. That might be generous. Mm. And the average attendance was 163. Yeah, so <laughs> you were only getting, like, I don't know, like a fifth of the attendance that you're, like, not even a fifth, like 5% of the attendance that you could, mm-hmm. um, 10% of the attendance you could. Uh, and it doesn't make sense because it's like it's on a residential street. It's not like it was not ever designed to be an independent uh, league team or anything. Right. Um, the players were making absolutely shit money. They took care of the field themselves. Like they they would like mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. They would get water from local neighbors and stuff like that. They were using equipment like like gardening equipment and lawn mowers from local neighbors that let them use their stuff. <laughs> awesome. Like they had to go over on their feet and be like, "Hey, can we use? We're the Yonkers Hoot Owls. Can we use your your lawn mower so we can take care of our outfield?" Um, do you know? Do you know that's those a, that's some, like that sounds like yeah yeah. Real quick though, like that just yeah. sounds like the kind of like dawn of baseball kind of story of like like it reminds me a little bit, and it's it's not even as like glamorous because I didn't play in the majors, but like back in the like eighteen eighties or something like that, there was a professional baseball team in Major League Baseball um, called the Toledo Blue Sox um and like like that's just the kind of shit that i would imagine that the blue socks were doing would be like hey mayor of toledo can we use your hedge clippers like (laughs) yeah totally roughing it like yeah totally roughing it i love that um it's very sandlot-esque right like like, the only thing is though it's like these guys were getting paid to do this and they were couched surfing like they were mm-hmm. sleeping on like if they're one of their teammates had like a girlfriend like they would i don't know like couch surf on like their girlfriend their friend's girlfriend's couch yeah they were traveling in like an old like repurposed school bus um and it was the what middle of the summer <laughs> yeah. it's the middle of the summer it's it so hot um <laughs> they also didn't have a scoreboard so awesome. they used it. They used a dry erase board, <laughs> <laughs> and they had someone like stand by it and change the score. Hell and then yeah. at the end of the night, they had to take it back because the neighborhood that they were in 
they were worried people would steal it if they didn't take it overnight. Oh, I thought they were so, just borrowing it from the school next door or something. The middle school next door. Yeah, right. Like those, those, like those, you know, those like electronic, like basketball gym scoreboards. Imagine like using one of those. It's not even the proper yeah. sport. All you have like, is the runs on there. Like That's all you can get. That. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> Every like 15 minutes, just like the horn sounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, like I was saying about the L screen, though, you know, like that L screen that pitchers stand behind for batting practice. Yeah. So the Yonkers Hoot Owls didn't have one of those. Awesome. They used, they used three, or were they used? They used three three foot metal like garbage bins. And stood behind that and through like batting practice. Wow. And so they, I guess they had like one on the, like one on one side and then two stacked up and then they would throw it like that. <laughs> so, so the Adirondack team in the, uh, in the, in the league, they had, they were using like a former independent ball stadium for their own. So they had like all the regular facilities. It was a proper ballpark. Mm-hmm. When they got to Yonkers, their manager was like, we're not taking batting practice here. I'm six foot three. I'm not throwing batting practice to you. And risking behind that extra three. Like, yeah, I'm not risking that extra space above the six feet garbage bins. I don't want to get hit. Fair enough. So also, so like there's some other things too, but it's just like, I mean, there's so much. Like basically like midway through the season, they knew that they weren't going to have a team next, like the next year. Like the league was like, I guess this isn't working out. (laughs) Yeah. Like midway through the season and like the owner of the Yonkers team and the general manager, like who were either local, um, like Yonkers residents, I think one, like their general manager, I think was involved in baseball might've worked for the Mets and was, this was also like during the, like the strike era of baseball, like the mid nineties. So a lot of people had been furloughed. A lot of people had been laid off. So, um, uh, basically, like they were funneling money into the field, into the team to try to get it to work. And then midway through the season, the league was already like, the, the team's not even going to be here next year. So a lot of money was hemorrhaged. Mm. Um, that That's a was shame. never like, they were never like gotten back. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It, like, they it's were a shame really, that they like, only had a year to say whether or not they would stick around. Like that, that's no time at all. Yeah. It's no time at all. And like, you know, people were, there was actually people that were trying to get it to work. Yeah. Um, they had one set of uniforms so like if like for home and away they had like one uniform it was like like a black jersey and then like gray pants or whatever mm-hmm. um if someone got released their jersey went to the next person who filled the, the roster spot so it was just like you didn't even get a new uniform it was like you got the same uniform as whoever was was using it before you you know that um, reminds me of just like high school baseball experience I like I went to a public school where like the freshman team used the old varsity jerseys so like your only choices were like numbers one through I think like 50 I think they had got like 50 jerseys or something uh or 40 and um like I (laughs) I really wanted to wear number seven because Jose Reyes, obviously, yep. going into, you know, freshman in high school. And um, 
and the jersey was like a dress it was like a men's large <laughs> and i was like five foot nothing like 100 100 nothing pounds <laughs> and there's there's a couple pictures of me i think they're still on facebook actually of like some parent who just was like taking pictures uh at all our games <laughs> and like it's just the baggiest shit ever. That's what I'm. That's what I'm imagining these guys playing in. Even though they're full grown adults, I still imagine them being like uniforms that just absolutely don't fit. Yeah. Well, imagine like imagine the person who was wearing number twenty mm-hmm. was like a thin, like wiry guy, mm-hmm. and then whoever took his spot, the first baseman, who's a little bit beefier, right, and is like wearing this like looks like a sausage wearing this jersey um <laughs> you know i don't like you just don't know like it's right. it's very uh it reminds me yeah it reminds me a lot of, of like playing baseball too like i used to play for the yonkers pal so like the police athletic league where we would mm-hmm. play like different towns and cities in westchester um mm-hmm. and for whatever reason like the older kids actually had like like yonkers pal jerseys like they were these nice our color the the colors were um like white and green or gray and green Mm -hmm. so they had like a a, like a really nice like button down gray jersey with um like a like a like a a symbol over like the the heart of like Mm -hmm. like yonkers and then they had like green undershirts so it was like those old school like cincinnati reds jerseys that have like wear like a shirt underneath it was like that our team though we didn't get jerseys at all until like the like last like five ten games of the season, <laughs> um, and yeah, so like we had to just wear like green shirts. Like it was just like yeah. a green shirt, and you wore whatever hat. It was very makeshift. Mm. Um, and then like we got like the jerseys, and I got one that was like way too small because I had no other choice. So like I like was felt like I was gonna like pop when I was on the field. All right. <laughs> Um, but anyway, back to the Hoot Owls. Uh, they didn't have a dugout. Like there was like there was like it was like those little league stadiums. So it was just like you have the yeah. bench and like a fence in front. Chain link of you, fence. You know? Yeah. Chain link fence. No clubhouse. So they were changing after batting practice on the field. <laughs> like while the fans are there. Like they're on like the left or the right field lines. All changing. 50 of the like fans. They would have someone block them. Yeah. Like all <laughs> As they're getting shuttled in, you just see like <laughs> them looking at you. <laughs> um, so it was just like super mission. These guys on the team, like if you read the article, which I highly implore anyone listening to do, I think it's called like let's link just it. look up like Yonkers Hoot Owls. Yeah, I'll link it. Yeah. I'll put it in the uh, in the in the anchor and Spotify description. Perfect. It's called like the worst best team ever. <laughs> oh, here it here it is. It's called this. We found them. They're the worst team ever. And it's yeah, by yeah, Anthony yeah. Castrovitz. Yeah. <laughs> great article. Like, great long-form journalism. Really liked it. He did a great job. Um, yeah. Yeah, but these guys love playing on the team. Like, they just had a blast. Like, they bought into the fact that they sucked. Uh, they had Their manager was Paul, who used to play for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um. And a quote from the article that I saw that I really liked was, um, or really made a lot of sense was because these guys that were in this league, in the Northeast League, a lot of them were either undrafted out of college or were minor leaguers that had been released or were, you know, major leaguers who were really just like it's their last ditch effort to like play professional baseball. They're getting paid like, 
like shekels, like no money at all. And Paul Blair, their manager, was sitting in the dugout one game and was calling every single pitch and location that the guy on the opposing team was throwing. He'd be like, slider down and away, fastball up and in. And one of the players was sitting next to him and goes, how, how are you doing that? Like, how do you know exactly what he's going to throw? And Paul Blair goes, that's the difference between what I've done and where you're sitting right now. <laughs> and I was just like, geez. That's well, just I mean. mean. <laughs> yeah. But he's right, right? I mean, he's uh, like, yeah. I've been there. I've done it. Um, yeah. So the Yonkers Hoot Owls folded. The, league, the Northeast League was absorbed by the Can-Am League which is like the Canadian American independent league, which has now since been absorbed by another league. And they're actually major league recognized now. So mm-hmm. like the early days of this Northeast league, like it did end up like moving on to a bigger league where it's actually like, like you have some real like talent, you know, like guys that, that you might see that are fringe major leaguers or just trying to get another. Yeah. Chance. I mean, independent baseball now, I think it's um, like, I think it's both like a really good thing and a bad thing that like major league baseball owns independent baseball like i don't know there, there's obviously like the romantic stories about um say you know the yonkers hoot owls or uh, like what was that team that um that there was oh god the actor from he was the he was the coach in miracle who's that actor uh is the movie called miracle Kurt, Kurt Russell, you oh, know, Kurt the actor. Okay. Yeah, he played for, like, an independent league team in Portland. I can't remember the name of the team, though. And what, so what happened with him? Well, it was just, like, like, like what, what, it was one like, of the um, last. Are you saying, like, like. They, they uh, there was a, there's a story about his, this team that he was on that they, like, beat. Um, like an affiliated like double a team or something like that there's a there's a documentary about it but my, my point being is like there's something romantic about like truly independent baseball that's like actually, oh yeah i agree like, professional and like you know independent of major league baseball but at the same yeah. time it, having major league baseball recognize these leagues a they can try stuff out in those leagues that they couldn't do in affiliated baseball um like i love that i love that aspect of independent ball um and like it also reminds me of like one of my friends who i play baseball with um is involved with like an independent league team called the black Sox that um that take guys exactly like you're talking about guys who flamed out of you know the minors who still have talent or um you know guys who haven't gone drafted who got overlooked um guys who were drafted and got hurt but are now like on the road to recovery this team called the black Sox um is like super successful at um like getting these guys signed back into affiliated ball um which is awesome and like i just yeah. love those kinds of stories like it just it just i don't know it just really makes you feel good about like the state of the game that there's like yeah there's enough care and love about it that these things can exist. Well, it's just like we've talked about before, right? Like there's so many guys that you think about where like, maybe they have the talent, you know, they Mm -hmm. have the raw talent. Um, 
and then they get handed a shit sandwich like you know maybe they get hurt you know and they and they can't they can't get back to that form or like because the thing is is like you have a window right yeah of like i don't know let's say from the moment you get drafted you might have like a five to seven year window and a lot a lot of times even shorter yeah. but like you have this window of like well i need to play when i'm in my per, in my prime because the older i get the harder it's going to be to try to to make you know make a run at my career or whatever mm-hmm. um and then there's also guys that just have the talent but maybe they don't have maybe they have some sort of discrepancy in their game where they're not able to really fully hone in on it you know like i look at like ike davis right like yeah was ike davis like maybe he was just going to always be that type of player, right? Maybe he was always going to be a first baseman who had the power, but just had, you know, pitchers figured him out. Or, you know, maybe if he didn't get Valley fever, you know, maybe if, maybe if like he, I don't know, like, like who knows, you know, he was hurt too. He like had that weird freak injury when he collided with David Wright. Yeah. Um, You know, so like, there's just like, there's so many factors that go into, to like guys succeeding in baseball. Independent ball is cool. Cause it's like, it just shows that guy, like these guys are just on such another level than us. Right. Like right. Rich Hill played for the Long Island ducks, like be- <laughs> like sandwiched in the middle of his career. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like he got, he got back to the, like, to like professional baseball, major league baseball, and he's still playing like you. So mm-hmm. like, it's just like so many things can happen. And there's so many different factors, but independent ball is cool too because it's like maybe it's the guy is like they're gonna figure something out while they're playing independent ball, and then they can make their way back. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this team like like the Yonkers Hoot Owls. I don't think a lot of those guys. One of the guys on the team um, was like a San Diego Padres prospect. I think he was a first baseman, and he lost his roster spot to Derek Lee, who ended up being. A really good player, um, and then drove cross country uh, for a try for the Yonkers Hoot Owls down the spot. He was getting paid like seven hundred a month or something. <laughs> like you're trying your absolute best to become a professional ball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's and crazy. Like, and following every you know so avenue that's possible to like try to fulfill that dream like and i think that's that's super admirable because it is a grind like these guys are getting paid you know nothing um not enough to live on that's for sure um but not at all yeah it's like whenever anybody whenever some snot-nosed dipshit on social media is like oh no like the players don't love the game anymore i'm just like okay well clearly you have just zero clue about what it what goes into being a baseball <laughs> player or being a prof- or being a high level athlete in any sport. Sorry guys, we had a little te- technical difficulty there, but we are back. And I just wanted, I mean, my last like parting thought on the Yonkers Hoot Owls was just like, you know, it just goes to show like there's there's guys out there, and we could talk about in another time, like how minor leaguers should be compensated better. But oh, yeah, you know, um, so it's really the upper echelon of players that are actually getting compensated well you know it's it's a freaking grind to play professional baseball mm-hmm. if you're the large majority of players um but the yonkers Owls story was pretty cool i would have went to all their games i wouldn't have cared if i had a shuttle in i would have went <laughs> to all of them absolutely uh, but i also found out that like 
because they were since they were independent um they were able to have a team like there's like i forget what it was it was like there was some weird like like loophole where they're able to have a team like otherwise uh they wouldn't have been able to because they were so well, Yonkers is so close to both the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, so yeah, some real stiff competition. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like not that it'd even be a threat, but there's some sort of like rule where they can't be within a certain distance, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Yonkers hoot owls. I will certainly be picking up some merch. I think someone made some merch. I don't think it's like officially like what their logo looked like, but there I will be merch out there. Yeah. I found that in my Google searches for the Yonkers Hoot Owls. I will be buying a, sh- a hat and maybe a shirt. So nice. Looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I'll wear it on one an episode. I'll wear it on an episode of the cast. Good. Very good. So me and Mike wanted to do a little fun thing to close out this episode. Um, I had an idea because I, I had posted something from. I don't really use Facebook that often. I know Mike doesn't either. Um, mm. But Mets Facebook is this crazy different way of <laughs> of uh of of Mets theory um and so I thought it'd be a good idea we both compiled some Mets thoughts from uh from Mets Facebook and so I took a couple screenshots I know Mike Mike has so we're gonna go back and forth right now and we're gonna share some some Mets Facebook uh like things that people have been posting in Mets facebook groups um <laughs> we won't be using any names of the people that posted it um you know not because we're not we're not trying to like be mean or clown i just you know these are just funny like things that that we found so we'll just read the, the names of the comments or we'll just, just like read bonkers the takes is really what we should call this section <laughs> Mets, Mets facebook bonkers takes exactly <laughs> so you, you want me to start mark or you want to start um i can start i have a pretty good one that's like ready to go all right Um, let's hear it so there was a post um to an art like a link to an article about why the mets should sign andrew chafin which like in general i agree with like i think they should but i mean and the beauty of this segment comes from the comments section right so there uh there gets to be a discussion about um, Andrew Chafin's gut. He has a little bit of a, you know, he's got some heft to him. He's a big boy. So person A says, nice gut. Looks like an injury <laughs> waiting to happen. Jesus. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if we still had Baez, Stroh, Loop, and Thor. Um, and then the response just makes it even better. Uh, person B says to person A, just so you're aware, Babe Ruth had a gut too. Last I checked, didn't stop him from leading in Major League <laughs> Baseball in home runs. <laughs> well, yes, we do know that Babe, we do know that Babe Ruth was scarfing down some glizzies and pounding beers and everything like that. Um, sure, sure. However, Babe Ruth's competition was like fifty mile per hour meatballs down the yeah. middle. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the fact that Andrew Chafin has a gut has anything to do whatsoever with Babe Ruth's gut. In any way also, possible, <laughs> like it's like Andrew Chafin is like he's not even like he's not even that big. It's like also no. we had Bartolo Colon on the Mets, like right, like, right. like so what's the argument here, really? I don't know, but 
but so the thread continues just two more comments bear with me sure yeah of course so person b continues says back when ruth played players would be out until wee hours of the night drinking heavy and chasing women then they would still play a game and do well today's players are coddled and pitchers hardly ever go to nine innings i think this dude will help this team tremendously (laughs) he's just just pinning it to the fact that this that andrew chafin has a gut and i love it the person a responds with wait what you're going back almost 100 years comparing that bloke to babe ruth today's game is a lot more demanding and the mets invent and the mets invented injuries that guy will be suffering from a belly button fracture by jesus christ it's just like it's one of those things where it's just like it's so niche like the things that they argue about and just latch on to yeah oh man yeah that's good all right so this one is what kind of sparked this uh, this idea of reading Mets Facebook comments. But so this guy, I've realized the one that posted this really hates Francisco Lindor. Mm. Um, so the background of this photo is in orange, like Facebook. You could like post like those things where they have like right. you can post a status and it has like a background. So the background's in in orange, and it just says. Thumbs down, three worst Mets ever. <laughs> J- Jason Bay, Anthony Young, <laughs> Francisco Lindor. <laughs> Honorable mention, Baez. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, dude, like, and there's so much hate for Baez on Facebook, particularly. Like, it's it's really funny coming from, you know, I feel like both of us are, like, deeply ingrained in Mets Twitter and I would say for the most part like yeah people were pissed about the thumbs down thing but like generally people saw what he did in a Mets uniform and were like okay he's good we should resign him yeah I think like I think it was like it was the hate for Baez was pretty um short-lived like I feel it was like that week maybe two weeks after the thumbs down thing where people were really mad but Baez did perform in his short time in, in, in New York. I don't think people were super bummed that he signed with the Tigers because, like, it kind of felt like he was going to be a rental anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's just, like, such a hot take. Like, three – like, like okay, Jason Bay, probably people – most people would, would say that. I, that's not a surprising answer. Mm-hmm. Anthony Young is – well, like, I know he had that losing streak, but the Mets were, like, a lot of that wasn't really his fault. The Mets were just yeah. really bad. Yeah. And then Lindor and Baez, like, just, like, completely <laughs> like that's just... worst of all time come on here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So, kind of going along with some Baez hate, I'm glad he was included in that. I have another entry for you. This one was a link to just a post on Fansided. Like, you know how Fansided has – you know, like rising apples on fansided, right? Yes. Um, so like, but this is just like vanilla fansided. I didn't even know you could do that. Um, but this person wrote an article that says this New York Mets trade has aged horribly. And it's just picking apart uh, the Javi the Baez trade, basically okay. saying that <laughs> Uh, Baez's run was almost as bad as overpaying for a de- declining Jason Bay or the entire Bobby Bonilla annuity, which like that sentence by itself 
just shows how out of touch this person is. Like yeah. the, Bo- the Bobby Bonilla situation is actually not bad for the Mets. And I people need to understand that. Like, I mean, every team, like, was it, was it, was it very Wilpony that that happened? Yes. yes. Um, obviously. But every team probably, defers money. Every team. It, it, yeah. I mean, the Nationals are paying Max Scherzer for like yeah. the next 10 years or something like that. Um, my, my good buddy, Mike Mayer, who I wrote at Metsmerized with, does a thread every year on Bonilla Day of like a list of teams that are deferring money to players. Like it's, and there's mm-hmm. they're like Braves, I forget who it is. The Braves have a player that they have almost like a very, like it's a very similar situation to the Bonilla deal. Like they're paying someone like, maybe it's like, I forget who it is. Like Burt Blylevin, maybe like they're, they're paying him mm-hmm. like a million dollars a year for the next like X amount of years. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just it, like, it makes it's no those, sense. It's one of those things where it's like, you'll never stop hearing about the Benia deal. You'll never stop hearing about Beltron's third strike or Lucas Duda's throw or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, it's just like, it's just a meme at this point. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have a funny one, but <laughs> I'm going to combine, I'm going to combine these two because one is just like, there's, it doesn't really need much of like, like it's not really Mets related. It was in, it was posted in a Mets facebook group mm-hmm. and it literally just says all in capital letters why am i here That's the whole, <laughs> the whole it just says why am i here oh yeah um, very good so this one though this one made my actual brain hurt so bear with me one second mm-hmm. uh i had to record it on my phone because there was it was like a thread kind of yeah um okay so the question was uh give me one second i'm sorry it says some mets trivia he was drafted by the mets in the seventh round of the 2007 draft he made his major league debut in september of 2010 in his first full season of 2011 he played in 100 games batting 292 and hitting 10 home runs who is he no google please and i mean do you know who that is drafted in 2007 drafted in 07 made his major league debut in september 2010 in his first full season of 2011 he played in 100 games batting 292 and hitting 10 home runs Ooh, 2011 like uh, to me that screams like gavin Sacchini, but i know that's not right so it's it's duda okay uh, but <laughs> dude the comments in this are crazy so hold on so you have three separate people say david wright <laughs> someone says i swear to god like back to back to back david wright three different people oh my god then there's this one guy i don't know if he's joking or not i can't really tell but he posted like oh here's another one that said david wright there's four people that said david wright that is ridiculous <laughs> then this one guy he goes tim tuffle <laughs> and then he goes Ray Knight question mark? Ray Knight. <laughs> and then oh another guy, and then another guy goes, Greg Jeffries. Okay. And then the same guy from earlier goes, Mookie Wilson. <laughs> okay, that he has to be trolling. It has to be. It has to be, right? 
and then this other guy said Ike Davis, which is a fair enough guess. Yeah. But you had separate people say David Wright. David Wright. Oh my God. And then it's like it's like it's like where were you? Like he was on the 06 team. Like it said he debuted yeah. in eleven. Like like where what are you, what are you talking yeah. about? Did you even read it? Yeah, like did you like I think they just saw like the word Mets and were like, it's gotta be David it's, Wright. It's, it's, gotta be. it's the captain, it's David Wright. <laughs> Um, I have a I have a truly bizarre entry. Sure, do it. Let's um, do it. So it's it's an image, um, and it's like I don't really know how to feel about it because it was like fairly recent, but like it's a memorial to Betty White, but it's the most bizarre thing that I have ever seen. Okay, it's, it's just you know how we were like deep frying memes earlier in the season. Yes. So imagine that, right? Oh, but it's no. Betty, but it's just no. like Betty White's head, uh, no. like photoshopped onto a Mets jersey with a Mets okay. head on. Okay. Oh my god. That's it. That's the whole meme. Yeah, that's it. Why did someone make that? I'll show. I'll show you my screen. <laughs> just. Oh, that's. Uh... Oh yeah, I saw this. <laughs> it's like. Oh my god! It looks like yo. Who made? Why would you make this? <laughs> I don't know. What? I can't stop laughing at it. Oh, it's like it's like photoshopped onto like Bobby Valentine's body or something like that. Yeah, I don't understand it. So bizarre. Is she like a big Mets fan? I... No, probably not. <laughs> she just like died, and someone was like, you know, what would be a great idea. Fucking this. I just like I don't understand the like the thought process of like oh man betty white died let me put her let me put her in a mets uniform oh my god people are fucking strange yeah yeah (laughs) so i I have one more it's not the worst but also it just seemed Mm -hmm. very out of left field to me okay yes and on a bizarre note because i feel like mine was just just totally bizarre yeah, that's just that's just some weird Mets Mets Facebook shit. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, so the guy who posted this in a Mets fan group, it's a screenshot of a tweet that he made. It's a, so he tweeted at Steve Cohen, then screenshotted oh, his. I think I know what you're talking about. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, like he screenshotted his own tweet, and then posted it in the Mets group. So it says, Stephen A. Cohen, the Mets should reach out to Ken Griffey mm-hmm. Jr. and offer him the bench coach job. Why not? Counterpoint, so, why? <laughs> I mean, why Griffey? Yeah, I don't know. But did you see the did you see the comments on that? No, I didn't see any of the comments. Oh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what there's, did people say? There's one person who said. He doesn't like NYC. He is afraid. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he responded to himself saying he did an interview years ago and claimed when he when he was playing the Yankees, he had to watch his back. People like, like I think people just make stuff up <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, there's like, like people get to say stuff and like you, like they, Maybe they believe it's actually true, or they just like I don't know, man. It's very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this was fun. Um, I think we should do it again, particularly yeah. since 
you know, we're in the middle of this lockout and, you know, news is pretty thin. Yeah. This shit is fun. <laughs> I'm down. I'm always down to like explore the, the depths of Mets Facebook. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, that was a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah. we'll see you guys later on. See you guys later on.